Hey, it's Liz. Misty and I recorded this episode on December 10th, the night before Anne Rice's passing. We didn't want it to sound as though we didn't care. We want to express our deepest condolences to her family and fans. As we state later in the episode, neither of us have actually read her books, but we do understand her enormous contribution to the literary community. She is and always will be a great source of pride to her home state of Louisiana. Hey, it's Misty and Liz. We're two women who don't know shit about literature, but we love to hang out and talk about the books we've read. And everything else on our minds. So get cozy, grab a drink, and let's get started. Hi. Hi. Have you watched any Christmas movies? We watched Elf the other night. Oh. Okay, so my daughter's favorite Christmas movie is Christmas with the Cranks. She calls it Christmas with the Franks. I hate that movie. I've never heard of that movie. What? With Tim Allen and... uh, I thought Tim Allen did the Santa Claus. Where he he like became Santa Claus. Yeah, this is another one. Oh my God. And it's just so... The premise is so stupid. And the whole time I'm watching it, I just... And she knows I hate it. So, of course, she wants to keep watching it. Mm Mm-hmm. It's so, like, I know it's a movie, and movies are far-fetched and all of that, and you just kind of have to roll with it, but this one just irritates the hell out of me, because it's just so stupid. We watched Elf. What else? We watched Charlie Brown. We watched Crunch. I've never been able to get my children to watch Charlie Brown. They hate Charlie Brown, and I love Charlie Brown, because remember, whenever I was little, I was Peppermint Patty in the church Christmas play? yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I've felt this deep connection with Charlie oh, yeah, Brown yeah, yeah. ever since. Uh-huh. Now, my kids love Charlie Brown. We watch it a lot. Remember the Charlie Brown that came out that was like more 3D? Mm-hmm. Couple yeah, years that, was, ago? that was good. We all went and saw that. And the ad was like, all I do is win, 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 yeah. no matter what. I was like pumped to see that movie and I was going to force my kids to watch it. And I turned it on like three or four times and they left every single time. Oh, They wouldn't watch it. So I never, I never watched it. Kaylee's favorite movie, just not even Christmas movie, but her favorite movie is The Christmas Chronicles. We watched, oh, we, we did, we watched that one last weekend. That one's really good. But the first one, the second one, we weren't really good. For, we the second one's, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, you know how sequels do. Yeah. No, I do like that. And there was a, there's one on Apple Plus called Twas the Fight Before Christmas that's Ooh. out. Oh my God, that just made me think like Chuck Palahniuk, like Fight Club vibes. No, oh. no, no. This is like comedy, like guy is super Christmas and okay. his neighbors don't want him to have like his annual big Christmas thing. Okay. So okay. they all fight. Oh. Have you heard of A Boy Called Christmas? It just came It's on out. Netflix. Yes, yeah. it just came out on Netflix. We actually I bought the book a couple couple weeks ago that Matt Haig, The Midnight mm-hmm. Library. Uh-huh. That's another one of his books, A Boy Called Christmas. So, we turned it on the other night. I was working, so I was kind of semi paying attention to it, but it was really cute. It looks it looks really cute. It was good. I mean, it was good like family. Yeah. It's actually really hard to find movies that you can watch with your kids. Oh, I know. They're all vulgar. Very. That one was good. And I already told Blitz I would watch it again with him. And I don't they don't, don't do things again. Like, I don't watch movies again. <laughs> you I don't, don't watch movies, period. <laughs> well, no. <laughs> I do watch A Christmas Vacation. Oh, yeah. Every year. Elliot watched that, like, during the summer. I was about to say, I think I watched that one over the summer. So I don't really want to watch it, like, right now. Oh, we, we love it. 
That one was funny. <clears throat> and then last time Elliot was over here, she like stepped on the wood and she said it, it came up and hit her in the face. Uh, like Sparky when he was in the attic and the uh, the wood comes up. Yeah, and yeah. hits him in the face. God. <laughs> that was funny. No, like a running joke at our house when we eat is, you going to say Grace? And who's who's Grace? <laughs> I asked Jamie what his favorite Christmas movie is. And just to start shit, he's like, die hard. And I was like, okay, I get it. Like, big debate. Die Hard, it's a Christmas movie. It's not a Christmas movie. Whatever, I don't care. Pick another one. Gremlins. Uh, Like, well, well, okay, here's the thing. I only watch Gone with the Wind and Wizard of Oz and Sound of Music during Christmas time. Where is the Christmas? At least Die Hard has a Christmas party in it yeah like gremlins at least they got them for christmas yeah yeah so there's movies that you own that like you associate with christmas even though they don't have anything to do with christmas like gone with the wind i mean how unchristmassy is that it's 16 hours long oh my god remember it was two tapes yeah like if it was vhs it was two tapes long that's one tape too long yeah it's about one and a half tapes too long and elliot and i watch it every year really yeah oh let Ben watch it but there's a certain point where we get to and we just usually fall asleep so i've never i've never seen her go back to tara okay and like have her children or anything like that i've never seen that part of it. it's only been like before so i lived with my aunt and uncle when i got my wisdom teeth taken out and my cousin andrea took that time when I was helpless to force me to watch Gone with the Wind. So I don't really remember it because I was kind of, you know, loopy. Mm-hmm. But so that's the only time that I ever watched it. So I don't remember kids or anything. Is Tara the home, the plantation? Yes. Okay. Well, ooh, I yep. get a point. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she has like a kid, I guess one little girl is on the horse and she falls off the horse or something i've heard and then she hits her with a wire hanger yes and then she's like no more wire hangers you can't keep any of your presents right that's exactly what yeah see i think you do remember Uh uh-huh yeah she was mean (laughs) so mean i don't know i just have so many christmas things that i want to do and there's just not there's not enough time for it like i want to make i told you telling you the other day i wanted to make like christmas treats Mm -hmm. and i wanted to like have a night where we watched this movie and that movie and this movie and then did like all this christmasy stuff or whatever and there's just never enough time so i kind of decided that's probably why people put up their christmas shit like before halloween so they can do all the things they want to do that's called christmas intention and i have it every year and i only do about 30 percent of it and the other What's 30 and 100? 70 percent falls to the wayside or I ruin it because I'm screaming at my kids or they ruin it because they're assholes. We like to go look at Christmas lights. Oh, yeah. Make hot chocolate. And go, well, that ends that usually ends up in a fight. Okay, do your kids sit there and be like, this is boring. No, mine fight because one side has the mo- more than the other side. Oh, he's looking out my window. Or, well, how come he gets more on his side? Well, I'm going to go knock on these people's door and say, excuse me, can you give your lights to, do you want me to your neighbor across the street so that my daughter will feel like she has something to look at? Do you want me to turn around and drive down the street the other way? I mean, do you want me to punch you in the face? <laughs> my kids get bored driving around looking at Christmas lights. I love looking at Christmas lights. But here's the thing. I've never really driven around and done it. It's always been my husband that's done it. I'm just a passenger. Yeah. So. Look at that Deftone song. Yeah. Do you remember that nursing home in Alexandria on Jackson Street that was always like so lit up for Christmas? Vaguely. It was a cross from Calvary. Yes. Mm-hmm. That 
that nursing home is like goals and I've never seen anything match it. Now, I'm sure because this was, you know, 1990s. I'm sure if we passed by now, we'd be like super underwhelmed. But then just down the street from that nursing home around the corner, there was this house that had this really big sprawling oak tree. Mm -hmm. And they had taken actual things, like an actual tricycle. Oh, yeah. And hung it from the tree. And wrapped it in Christmas lights and hung Mm -hmm. it from the tree like it was a Christmas ornament, like a pogo stick Mm -hmm. and like a rocking horse. And that that to me is Christmas. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, I think about that tree way more than I should. Oh, God. I think about that tree more than I think about most people. To me, Christmas is like going to church and doing the Christmas play. The Charlie Brown Christmas play? Well, I think... Patty? I think we did that one time. <laughs> I think every year was like a different type of Christmas play. Uh, are you talking about like the Messiah at the Pentecostal church? No, it was like the Christmas pageant. Like the Christmas birth story. of Jesus. Yeah. Doing that and then going to the fellowship hall and like eating... Christmas. My husband's family reads the absolute most boring version ever of the the Christmas story from the Bible every Christmas year. The one that's got like the yees and the vowels, and it's impossible to understand. And Mm -hmm. I like books. It's like a news alert. Yeah, (laughs) I like to read. I like words, and I don't like that version. Can we not skip to like the living version, or why do we have to go with old King James? Like, is this the Shakespearean version? (laughs) Like, can you just get like a golden book version? Right. Just speak plainly. We always read night before Christmas before the kids go to bed. The night before Christmas. That's what Mama would do whenever we would go to bed. She'd read it to us. I don't remember that. Well, then she'd slap me with it. (laughs) <laughs> get your ass in bed you loser <laughs> okay ah, okay years. now from one psychotic woman to the next let's talk my sister the serial killer oh okay i had some other things to talk about oh uh, what but that was a good segue so oh. i think we should just go okay you told me how to say the author's name oinkin 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 like less piggy okay oinkin <laughs> I'm really trying. I, I'd say it said more of like an O, like Oinkin, but Oinkin? but actually I think on the, the Google pronunciation, yeah. it did kind of sound like Oinkin. How about O? Oinkin Braithwaite. Well, she's Nigerian and she's what, a Nigerian slash British novelist. And she's actually a Slam Poetry Award winner. I saw that. Isn't that cool? You know, there were some parts in this book where... The language that she used was prettier than a normal person would say it. Mm-hmm. And I was wondering if she, like, as I was reading it, I was like, I wonder if she's, like, kind of into poetry. And then I saw that she had won the slam poetry thing. And I was like, oh, there she, there it is. Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. She is from Lagos, Nigeria, where this story is based. Set. Yeah. And she writes short stories. And she is an illustrator. And she actually illustrated the cover of the Nigerian version of this book. Really? Yeah. Oh. Isn't that cool? I didn't see. Is it not? Is it not like this one? No. No. So this cover has, this cover is actually really cool. It's one of the things that drew me into this. It's just a woman wearing a scarf around her head. And I'm sure there's a word for that and I don't know it. And she's got sunglasses on and then reflected in the sunglasses is like the classic psycho, somebody holding a knife and it's Mm -hmm. just like the knife. It's really cool. Yeah, it is a really good cover. My Sister the Serial Killer was the winner of the LA Times Award for Best Crime Thriller in 2019. Really? Yeah. Huh. Okay. I liked it. I learned a lot about 
Nigeria, actually, because there's certain parts of the book where they say words that I'm not familiar with. And it's more like local dialect. Right. And so I did look up some things about the area. I spent, you know, like you get in the rabbit hole at three o'clock in the morning on your phone. Mm -hmm. And that's where I was with this. You're that meme that's like, I have to go to bed. And then like 2 a.m. How tall was Jesus? That's me. That is absolutely me. Only me. I'm walking down Lagos, the streets of like Metropolis. Are you leaving your peg person? No, no, like Google Maps, like moving my finger. That was me. Like, what is this? And what's over here? You're like, I'm going to go knock on this door and see what's going on over here. Just just to kind of see like the air, see how they lived it is the largest city in nigeria and it is the most populous city in all of africa really yeah, right and i never even heard of it mm. have you nigeria yes not Lagos, nigeria but not Lagos, no no me either i'm gonna be just completely honest with you geography is just not my i can't tell you where some states are to be perfectly honest really i'm american I mean, I, I don't can't, know everything about America. I don't think I could label all of the states, but I can tell you middle, like where, east like which or direction, yeah, which region, yeah. So when I was a senior in high school, one of the requirements for American history was that you had to know where all the states were. You had to label the map and you had to spell them correctly. In one mistake, and you fail it. It was like an all or nothing test. I've never had a test like that before in my life. So I failed it because I spelled Arkansas A R K A N S A W. Oh heavens! I spelled Kansas right, but I think I got nervous and I spelled Arkansas. Oh, how old <laughs> so were I had, you? I was a senior in high school. Oh, for, oh god! I was you can edit that out. <laughs> So I retook it. You had to, you could take it as many times. Like you had to pass it, but, and you could take it as many times as you only need. I only had to take that thing twice. Okay. I'd probably still be taking it. (laughs) Not for the, not for the geography part, but for the spelling. I'm terrible. Well, yeah, I got it right. Yeah. I got the states right. I just spelled Arkansas. Like I I would get most of the states wrong. Just not good. New York I can do. You know where New York is? No, I can spell it. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. I looked up a couple of things about the author, too. Her top three favorite books are Jane Eyre by Charlotte Bronte. Did you read that? Mm-mm. No. I did, but I don't quite remember it. That's probably one that I would reread because I think I read it in high school. That's so far away from mm-hmm. me right now. I need to reread that. A Voice in the Wind by Francine Rivers, which I've never heard of, and Anne of Green Gables, which didn't you love? Love Anne of Green Gables yeah. and Shirley. I thought I thought you loved Anne of Green Gables. I remember I you reading that a lot, like mm-hmm. reading and rereading that whenever we were little. I did. I loved the whole series. I read The Witches over and over and over when I was little. The Raw Dow book? Yes. I love anything Raw Dow. Yeah, that one was mine. And then... Just a cute little fun fact about her is that among her most admired authors is Anne Rice, who is from New Orleans, and that's like, you know, bringing it back home. She's connected to us. Connection. Yeah, that's like the uh, three degrees of talking literature. That's Kevin Bacon of talking literature. Yeah. Anyway. I've never read an Anne Rice book at all. I started an Anne Rice book. It was really hard to read, so I never finished it. But did you know that Anne Rice's name is actually Howard Allen? She was named after her father. And I thought this was really cool. Her mom was kind of like a hippie type mm-hmm. and gave her a man's name to kind of get her ahead in life. She thought that giving a woman a man's name, just like seeing that name on paper would kind of like get her ahead. 
Like, and then he, Anne goes and changes it. Well, Howard. She said what happened was whenever she was in school, she went to a Catholic school, and the nun asked her what her name was, and she just said Anne because she thought that it was pretty. And her mom, being like the kind of like hippie bohemian type, just kind of went with it and was like, "Yep, that's her name." But I thought that was that was really cool. I've heard of that before. It's like, oh, you know what it was? It was, it was a it was a black author, and she said that her mom gave her a white man's name so that whenever she applied for a job or something, you just saw the name on paper, they would call her back and they wouldn't discriminate against her. Well, that tells you a lot about where we live. All right. Let me tell you about this book. It was set in Lagos, Nigeria, which you already said. (laughs) Okay. Main characters. Karoti is a nurse and she's very straight edge, responsible, kind of snobby, would you say? You think? I thought that she was kind of like, not that she was a super snob, but she knew her responsibilities and she didn't like when people didn't take care of their responsibilities. I thought like at work, she was just very like professional. You say professional, I say snobby, tomato, tomato. I mean, you know, it's probably the same thing. Her younger sister's name is Ayula. The only thing that we ever learned about Ayula is that she's just beautiful. She's just the most beautiful person you've ever seen. And she apparently she doesn't need a job. She doesn't need to do anything. Whatever. Karoti has a crush on a doctor at at school. (laughs) On a doctor at work named Tade. The book opens in this man Femi's apartment. And apparently her sister Ayula has called her. And this is the third man that she has killed in self-defense. Ayula calls Karoti and gets Karoti to come help her clean up. And it kind of just sounds like Karoti did all the cleaning up. Yeah. And Ayula just sat on the couch and like, what'd I she bet, do? You know, but honest, honestly, that really, that theme like carries out their entire story. It does. Yeah. It's like a reoccurring theme. So they take care of the body. They throw it over the bridge. And then the next day they're at home cooking and Ayula's kind of just like back to Snapchatting and like having a good time living her life. And Crody is like, what are you doing? You're supposed to be grieving. You don't know where your boyfriend is right now. You don't know what's going on. She just keep reminding Ayula to act upset like, act upset yeah like so she just didn't remember like remember what we just did like, remember six hours it, ago she doesn't take it seriously no and Cody is a little bit haunted because Femi is a poet so she keeps going to his blog and reading his words and she thinks that he was just a, a good person I think this might be the first time that Cody's starting to think maybe Aula is not killing these men in self-defense. You know, like, how can somebody who writes this beautifully actually harm my sister? I think that when she was reading his poetry that he had online, that there was a bit of jealousy there that her sister, who does nothing, can get someone who who writes like that and who is, I guess, educated. And <clears throat> I'm sure it picks at her. I think you're right. I think the whole time she's very jealous of her sister. She's, like, aggravated. And right. her sister for getting these smart. She doesn't even have to do anything. Right. What am I trying to say? She's trying to get these like smart, um, emotionally in touch men. Mm-hmm. And they just fall for her. And she's like, oh, God, these guys are so stupid. But they're not. They're so smart. Like, she's she's just a pretty face. Oh, yeah. Right. right. I could tell that the, the entire time of the when I was reading the book, I could just feel like the frustration that the older sister had for her younger sister. Was there any hint of, like, real-life stuff in there? Were you mad at your little sister? Mm-mm. So you'd help me clean up all the bodies? I mean, I guess. <laughs> uh, I'm sh- yeah. 
I mean, look, I'm not if I'm you going clean up a body. To, if I, you're not, I don't think so. Oh well. First of all, Take you would back. be way too anxious to kill anybody. Oh yeah, you're right. Before you even, like, I would touch literally knife. be over this dead body, apologizing to it. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm, I am. So sorry, Are you so mad at me right now. What do I need to do? I'm. Please don't be mad at me. <laughs> Like, that's what I would be worried about. Not being caught. Like, is God mad at me? Who's mad at me? Okay, so Eula is even whisked away on this holiday with with a married businessman, like, days after Femi has gone missing. They haven't even found his body or anything. Nobody knows he's dead. She's supposed to be upset because he's missing, and she's off with some businessman, like, into another country. In Dubai. And then she comes home, and, oh... Oh, the businessman got food poisoning in his room and died. So he didn't he didn't get to come home. Karoti is like, I looked this up. And once you've killed three people, you're a serial mm-hmm. killer. So yep. my sister has officially killed three, probably four people at this point. My sister is officially a serial killer. Let's see. But they don't spend a lot of time on that. They don't. This book is very short. It is. So it, I appreciate that. Because I literally could read seven chapters in a night and I only read 20 pages. So for me, it was great. I liked it because we had just come off a couple of heavier books. Right. So it was nice to kind of just have like a short little book. It was. It was a short, short little, little, sweet little It was book. a little book that I could put in my purse and read in the parking lot. And it went by really quick. Parking lot because I went for my daughter at Cheer, not for any other reason other than what other reason would you have i don't know oh, waiting for your drugs oh i was thinking like a lot lizard not What's a lot lizard like at the um at the truck stop like the women who like make money the camels for- the fuck are you talking about? okay so you say you say truck stop and i immediately think of that truck stop in gross tate that had the the tiger for the long time yeah. the longest time and then they couldn't have the tigers anymore so they got rid of the tigers and they got the camels and then the camel sat on this lady so she bit the camel's balls to get it off of her you don't remember that that was like yeah but that's no you are a, no okay no like at a truck stop like with 18 wheelers is there a camel no there's prostitutes oh. and they go from truck to truck they call oh them lot God. lizards. That's how they make their money. I didn't know they were called lot lizards. I don't, don't even know how I know that. Huh. I think you just made that up. Okay. Well, if you're listening to this and you know what a lot lizard is, you can email us at talkingshitterature at gmail.com. I am imagining like a Komodo dragon. You know how they walk <laughs> well, so the, slow. These um, <laughs> sex workers turn into geckos. And <laughs> <laughs> there was a lizard in my office the other day and I trapped it under a cup. And I waited for, for Jax, my son, to come home. And by the time he got it with a piece of paper, it died. Oh, my God. I know. I feel, still feel bad about that. God, my sister is a serial killer. I know. I know. Two more lizards and you're officially ah. a serial killer. Hmm. Stay out of my house. Okay. Back to the book. Karoti, the nurse. The only person she confides in is this comatose man named Mutar. He has been comatose for a while. His family has pretty much stopped coming. And... They're not going to keep him alive much longer. And she knows this. She takes advantage of this. So she kind of just sits in in his room and just talks about whatever's on her mind. And obviously her sister killing all these men, all these boyfriends, is on her mind. Also, I thought this was stupid. (laughs) That she talks to Mutar? Yes, I'm sorry. That she says it out loud? Yeah, it was like... Like she might as well just have a diary. Right. Well, to me, it was like, 
like episode of Days of Our Lives, you know, where you see someone who's confessing their sins to someone in a coma and then Derek or something's like, Chloe, who are you talking to? Or <laughs> what was that? Who are you talking to? What, what did you just say? It's like, well, why, why are you saying it out loud? You're just asking for trouble. Yeah. Uh, yeah, you're right. You're right. But it also made for a really good part of the story, too. Right, it did. So Aula ends up being a little bit more interested in Karoti after this. And Karoti's, I guess, withdrawing a little bit from Aula because she's having doubts about her sister. Can you imagine just you think you know your sister and then all of a sudden she's this like lunatic who's on a killing spree? Or you're living with someone who everybody is, is like bowing down to, even your mother, and you're working your ass off, you know, at the hospital, you're chosen to be head nurse, and everyone thinks that your sister is the best thing ever, and she's an actual serial killer. Like, she's, that would piss me off. Oh, yeah. She's responsible. She's intelligent. She actually knows how to make herself a grilled cheese sandwich. Unlike Aula, who just seems to use people to get what she wants because she's pretty. Right. That's she didn't even have to try. her only, even her have only, cook. Her only qualification is that she's mm-hmm. pretty. And her mom, every time she brings home a man, because apparently she brings home a lot of men, her parents are just, just so, he's the one. and They dote on her. They do. And it's really sad. And I would, I would think as her sister, her older sister, I would just want to slap a bitch. So Aula calls Karoti over and over again, and Karoti's not answering the phone. So eventually one day, Aula shows up to Karoti's work, and Karoti's crush, Tade, happens to see Aula. So of course, he falls in love with her, because every single man in this book only thinks with his dick. I know, every single one of them does. All of them. That's weird. I don't know. I don't like it. He starts dating Aula, and Karoti is just absolutely crushed. She's so upset. And she's trying to not be super jealous because Aula straight up asks her, do you have a crush on him? Do you want to date him? And she's just like, no, which, why? It's her sister. Like, you have to clean up dead bodies. Can you not say, yes, I have a crush on this person? I know. Like, why why is she even hiding? Why is she like, look, I like him. Can you just back off? I don't, I I don't know. Because I feel like I would do that to you. You're a grown, well, no, you Excuse me. Um, I'm sorry, but that dick is mine. I've been so, after that. I've, right, I've been that. chasing that hard, hard. You do not just bounce in here and try to get on that. You uh-uh. take your pretty ass out in the hospital. That's, That's what right. you can do. You could, you, I have boundaries. Keep it out of here. So they start dating. And at one point, I think Karoti even pulls Tate aside and says, like, she will kill you. Like, she'll get hurt. And I guess he doesn't, he, well, maybe he does say you'll get hurt, but he doesn't understand. He thinks that she's just jealous. Right. Which she is. Well, true. But she also doesn't want him to die. At some point, Mutar wakes up. Of course he does. So she goes and runs in his room and she's like, oh my gosh, what's up? And he says, oh, your voice pulled me through. I can remember you coming in here and talking to me and I just wanted to say thank you because you are what I grasped onto to get me out of this coma. Which is very sweet. It is really sweet. And like, I hear that happens. Oh, I'm sh- I have too. Like, if you're in a coma, you hear everything. Like, you know, you're awake, but asleep. You know, like you can hear and everything, but you're just kind of like, I, I wonder guess, like how much you can actually remember from... Do we have any comatose friends? Friends who have been comatose? I personally don't have anyone that I can text and ask. I don't either. But I have I know all of three friends, though, and one of them's right here. Right. You and 
Have you ever been in a coma? Mm-mm. Not that I know of. And my dogs are my other two friends, and they haven't been in comas either, so. Mm. I did get a concussion that one time whenever I was running around the pool. Oh, and you fell in head first? Yeah, I hit my head. No, I hit my head on the uh, sidewalk. Yeah, because remember the sidewalk around the pool was painted. Who the fuck paints a sidewalk? And then you fell and hit your head. So slippery. And you fell in head first. Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. Would y'all rescue me? I was standing there and our mom was outside watering plants and she was like, what are y'all doing? And I was like standing there like I couldn't even talk and you're just like singing to the bottom. Did you get me? Yeah, well, obviously you're sitting here. Well, I don't know. Maybe I came to you and swam to the top. No, like got you out. And then what did you like take off your shoes and like no, slowly... Like, God, this bitch. God. We had just moved in. I think it was like our first night in the house. Remember when you cut your toe on that that, that candelabra thing? Oh my and gosh, it, yes. It yeah, hurt so to, bad. And I had to take you to the hospital. Mm-hmm. <sighs> y'all, y'all have no idea. That hurt really bad. Y'all, y'all she cut her toe. <laughs> it was Cut her toe. <laughs> y'all, okay, we lived a good, I don't know, hour from the hospital okay karoti you sound jealous okay we had to bring little liz to the hospital to get two stitches because she got her toe somebody left a fucking pointy ass candelabra on the floor <laughs> in the hallway was it, was, it you it was a booby trap no right. no it was, i think our mom was like gonna hang him up and you stepped on him i don't know i just remember going what well, it put it. If I had done it, my my mom would have been like, "Get your blood off of my carpet, <laughs> you slob." Where's the fucking carpet? You are so fat. Where's the resolve? <laughs> right. <laughs> she would. You're fat. She would. <laughs> you're bleeding because you're fat, and no one likes you. <laughs> That's you know it's right. You know it's true. <laughs> I'm laughing because it sounds just like her. I know. You do a good so, mom impression. All right. I know. Okay. I don't even know where I am. Mutar is like, yes, I remember you telling me that you have a crush on Tade. And also, I remember that your sister is a serial killer. And then that's how the chapter ends. That's and how I was the chapter like, ends. It was like okay. the best <laughs> way for it. I was like, ends. oh, this bitch is screwed. <laughs> but he was kind of mm-hmm. like, all right, I'm sticking with you. You know, that's your secret to keep. Mm-hmm. Which good. Good on him. Anyway, back to Aula. Of course, she eventually gets into a fight with Tade. Tade ends up calling Karoti and he says, your sister tried to stab me and I accidentally stabbed her. So Tade's a doctor, does not call an ambulance, calls Karoti. Karoti comes to his house. and Yeah, which is odd because he's a doctor. He picks Aula up, puts her in the car. They bring her to the hospital and Aula recovers from surgery and the police are there and they want to know what happened. She wakes up and she's like, oh, yeah, Tade stabbed me. Can I have my pudding cup over there? Like, just no regard for anything. And that's pretty much it. Yeah. I think that Tade, <laughs> Tade ends up getting, like, probation, losing his license. And the biggest twist, I guess, you find right. out. Is that as the girls were growing up, they had a very abusive father. And the father wanted to marry Aula off to like a high-ranking man in the city. But she didn't want to go with him because she was young. Right. So their father had this knife that he cherished more than his own family. And Karoti actually killed their father with that knife that now Aula is using to kill the men. So Karoti almost teaches her sister to kill the men that way. 
Yeah, she sticks up for her in the end. She doesn't say anything to the police or anything about, like, no, actually, she tried to kill him or anything like that. She backs her sister up because I think she realizes, like, her part in all of this. And that is her sister. So she's like, well, she's my ride or die. So. Okay. Okay, so. the end. Okay, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, done. Okay. So there's not a lot here. There's a lot that I wish was more explored like the murders i wish that we would have heard a little bit more about the other two murders they don't even say they just say other two murders right like who who so while i appreciate that this book was really short it was almost too short right it took me a lot longer than i wanted it to to get through but i actually read it in like four big chunks the book was really short so it didn't leave a whole lot of time to explore other things Now, we did get a good bit of backstory from the dad. The dad was just a piece of shit. Yeah, he was just abusive. I would have liked to know more about the mom. Yeah, the dad would bring home mistresses when their mom would get upset about that because, like, you know. You're married. You're married and you've got a a woman in my bed. He would pretty much just threaten her. Well, in, in my research that I did of Nigeria, polygamy is legal there. But I don't think that they were polygamous. That was never mentioned. No. It was was more like they were married and he was cheating openly. Right. It doesn't say polygamy like uh, Mormon. Oh, I'm sorry. If you're Mormon, I don't mean it like that. But like. I thought Mormons. I thought that was like big love was like Mormon people. Right. Yeah. Yeah, Right. That was a really good thing. Oh, I loved it. Not if you're Mormon, you don't believe in polygamy. If you're polygamous, you are Mormon. Oh, okay. 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 I see what you're saying. Like a square is a rectangle. Right. Or something. Mm, yes. A rectangle is a square, but a square is not necessarily a rectangle. Right. Type thing. It was, yeah. It was, they are not equal. Okay. So I don't know what their interpretation of polygamy was. That's just that's just what I read. That there, I think you could have up to four wives. So, of course, wives, not husbands. Okay. Here's the thing. What man wants more than one wife? Isn't one too much? To I don't handle? want myself. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, like as a wife? Okay. Like, what? It's Christmas right now. My husband's trying to find presents for me. Imagine if he had to do that three more times. Because <laughs> that man, I can tell you, only knows how to buy presents for one person, and it's me. He does not buy presents for a single other person. You, I mean, everyone else would just be getting gift cards. We would all be getting gift cards. Now, it would be kind of fun to have sister wives. Uh, I don't like women. What? No, not really. So I don't really have a lot of friends. There are a lot of drama. I don't like how you just said you don't like women. <sighs> I meant that in a very not anti-feminist way. I appreciate women. I don't have a lot of friends because I don't like people. Oh, okay. So it's not that you're anti-woman. You're anti- no. oh. anti-people. I mean, right. And I don't have m- men for friends. I'm a woman. So default women friends i don't really have a lot of women friends i'm not anti-woman i'm anti i'm not anti anything okay friendships just never worked out for me (laughs) (laughs) you know (laughs) oh my god so nah, you know okay can you imagine if you had more than one husband no because to me that sounds awful because then it sounds like now i've got seven kids to look after no because it's like jamie I need you to get up and take the trash out. Um, let's see. Derek. I need you. Derek to is my default name. Derek is. Yeah. Corey. I need you to. Ew. 
I don't know. I was thinking of Boy Meets World. Okay. <laughs> I need you to paint the molding. Sean, go cut the grass. Mr. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> F- F- Fettuccini. <laughs> Mr. Fettuccini. I need you to go pay the bills. Like, And also quit making me repeat myself. Also, I'm so sick of it. None of you motherfuckers are going to touch me. <laughs> Don't even look at me. I'm not here. Perpetually on my period. All that time. This is my room. I'm going to lay here and watch my shows and read my books. Give me the remote. <laughs> are you going to eat that? Why do you have to breathe so loud? God, do you? I literally asked my Landon that we were in the car, and he was like, "I swear," he was just like, <sighs> "Like Darth Vader was in the car with you." I said, "Do you have a cold?" And he was like, "No." And I said, "Do you need a CPAP like during the day?" It was bugging me. I said, "Do you not hear yourself breathe?" Poor Yandon. I don't know. He definitely doesn't need any more wives. <laughs> I think he wants to trade this one in. <laughs> I'm just, the whole book, I was kind of wondering, why is Karoti doing this? Like, why is she covering up all these murders? What I thought was, because she helped her cover up the first one, so then she was stuck. Yeah. I guess she feels like she owes her sister. I think throughout the book, like in the flashbacks, it's always her taking care of her little sister. And she even says that it's expected of her to take care of her sister so it's right. like so ingrained in her to take care of Aula that she's just constantly cleaning up after her whether it's her dishes that she left out or the her dead room? body in the she, yeah, just she gets mad her at her and instead of yelling at her like me and you would have she starts folding her clothes for her oh, that's really gonna get her back and organize a room okay well you know what you know just pick fights with you now exactly i'm following your ass around the house all the time look at my bed right now what can i do to piss you off because my bed has about 700 clothes on it they're all clean yeah like me folding your clothes is not you know we would lay on the floor and kick each other Oh my god! I have like scars from our toenails. Remember, we would lay there and each kick other. each other until we were laughing. Yes, and I was. It still it makes me so mad. My I kids know. will piss me off, and I want to be mad, but then they'll do something really fucking mm-hmm. funny, and then I have to just like die laughing. And I'm still. That, ew, it makes me so much <laughs> madder. Oh, I know. When I laugh. Oh, I know. Like, how dare you make me happy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm supposed to be so mad at you right now. So you're learning a lesson. Makes you say that. Do you have anything else to say about it? Themes or anything that you noticed in the book? I liked it. I like I said, it was a good little read. It's um, if you like, you know, little. Uh, it's not a love story. No. <laughs> <laughs> so ding ding ding. That's what you have to say about it. It's not a love story. <laughs> it's not a western. And it's not. N- nope. And it's not political science. It's not an autobiography. <laughs> nope. I liked it. Well, how many stores? Stores? How many stores would you give it? How many stars would you give it? I think I get really excited whenever I finish a book. So I'm glad that I finished this book a while ago because as soon as I finished this book, I was like, oh, five stars. Loved it. It was so good. But I have to think about it and like yeah. marinate on uh-huh. it a little bit. So I think that I would give it probably three stars. I was thinking three, too. Because as I was reading it, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was so good. It was funny. There were a lot of instances where it was just like 
deadpan sarcasm. I like that it was just kind of dark, and I like that they included a lot of dial like different dialect that didn't translate over. So I did learn a little bit. So, like for instance, right after Aula kills Femi, then. This is Karoti's point of view. She says, there's music blasting from Ayla's room. She's listening to Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody. It would be more appropriate to play Brimo or Lord, something solemn or yearning, rather than the musical equivalent of a packet of M&Ms. Yeah. So the whole book just kind of has one line, sarcasm, deadpans in it. And I thought that was really funny and smart. And it includes a lot of Instagram and snapchat and i think she has to take her phone away from aola because she's snapchatting too much and yeah and what's that modern yeah it's very modern but she said it won some award in 2019 i think the book was in 2018 or 2019 okay so it's, it's fairly recent yeah it's got her facebook and her instagram on the back here she's really pretty she's gorgeous oh so as i was reading it i really liked it but as I thought about it more, then I realized there were some things that were kind of left unsaid. You know, like... Right. So maybe it yeah. was too short. And I honestly really liked that it was short. That Me it was, too. It was like a fast little quick sarcastic read. She could have traded some information out and put some other stuff in. Maybe made some of the characters a little bit fuller, a little bit deeper. Right. She had... Too many characters and not a lot to say is instead of a few main characters and kind of, like you said, making them full more full. I think she did a really good job of exploring the sides of Aula and Karoti that we did need to see. She's, there's one part where she says that Aula puts her hand out like a queen to her subjects. So just like the way that she describes how Aula carries herself lets you know she thinks she's important. She thinks she's beautiful. And we need to treat her as such. Right. We're peasants. But we don't see too much of another side of Ayla. We just see kind of like a manipulative, I'm better than you because I'm beautiful side. And then with Karoti, we don't see any side. I don't know that they ever say what she looks like. I think she says that she's not as pretty as Ayla, which I mean, apparently nobody's pretty as Yeah, apparently not. But we don't see any side where she's got a boyfriend. We don't see any side where she's really happy. Well, and the only point of view that you get from her sister is from her. So you don't get point of view. Yeah, and you don't hear anything from her sister. So she's, Karoti's a very cynical person. Yeah. So it's like you don't talk to any of Karoti's friends. I mean, she's confiding in a comatose man. So I guess she doesn't, maybe she doesn't <laughs> she's like. She's like me. She doesn't like women. Right, she's like women and friendship has failed her. So I think that there were some things that could have been explored. But just like as soon as I finished the book, great book. Loved it. Would recommend it to people. I would Fast still read. recommend it. I thought that it was funny, smart. Yeah, so I'm saying probably three three stars same so i actually looked up a couple little short facts about serial killers did you know that 16 percent of serial killers are women i thought it was going to be much lower than that but i listened to our pod besties see you next tuesday right and they you know talk about a lot of see you next tuesdays so pretty much everyone they've talked about has been serial killers and they're all women And I'm Jesse, and we're the host of See You Next Tuesday podcast, true crime podcast where we talk about the crimes against family members. Because let's be real, the ultimate See You Next Tuesdays in the world are the ones who commit crimes against family members. 100%. 
Right now, we are covering a tough one, moms. But don't worry, we don't discuss the terrible crimes and leave you depressed. Before we go, we tell you about our star mom of the week that we think is killing it in motherhood. Give us a listen on most podcast platforms, Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple, Google, Stitcher, and more. Don't forget to like and subscribe. As always, we will see you next Tuesday. Do serial killers still, are they still around? Yes, I looked that up also. Oh, okay. Grunge.com has an article of the most dangerous active serial killers in 2021. And I only got down to the first one because I didn't figure we wanted to hear about 700 million serial killers that had nothing to do with I mean, I would, but not right now. Right. That had nothing to do with this book that we're reading. Right, right. So the most active serial killer is some dude in Colombia. Oh. Uh, Perez Alonso Lopez. He has confessed to 110 murders in Ecuador. And he prefers children between 7 and 12 years old. Oh, gross. So he's just a real stand-up guy. He served 16 years in Ecuador, and then he was released for good behavior. Oh, what a good guy. What the and fuck? And they, they still, he's still wanted? They let him out in Ecuador, and they were just like, okay, you can't stay in Ecuador anymore. You gotta go back to Colombia. So he's suspected to have killed over 300 people. Oh, where do you find 300 people? I don't know. I don't ever want to be around 300 people. No. I think serial killer, 70s California. Right, I do. Like, I think a serial killer, like, everyone's scared. And, you know, like, we used to never lock our doors. And then all of a sudden this happened. So we we started locking our doors. That's how serious it was. And people were scared to go out at night. Right. Like, that's what I think of. And now. Like Night Stalker. Yeah. I don't know the last time I heard of any serial killer. Other than, like, what's the guy that was here? Derek Toddley. Yes. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, and that was like a long time ago. I was, it was 2003-ish, 2004. They caught him right before I came to Baton Rouge to go to LSU. And even that was a long time ago. So, hey. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was almost 20 years ago. Okay, so do you know the, the main reason that women are serial killers? Mm, hormones. <laughs> no. Oh. Financial gain. <laughs> Okay. So that's pretty much all that I have. I enjoyed it. It was a good wreck. It was. Yeah. I liked it. I, that one's been on my radar for a hot minute. And I'm really glad that we got around to it because I thought that it was it was different. Mm-hmm. I liked the perspective. I liked the subject matter. I thought that it was it was just like a easy breezy funny read. No, I liked it. It was really it was good. Good. Okay. Yeah. So what's our next book? It is The Home for Unwanted Girls. All right. I'm pretty excited about that one, too. More historical fiction? Yeah. Historical fiction. It's like, what, like 40s and 50s? Okay. Yeah. Canadian. We've done a lot of Canadian books. We are. We are friends with the Canadians. So I'm wondering if I normally read this many Canadian books or like what's happening. I think you're just noticing it. You think so? So it's like, yeah. you know, whenever you're like thinking about buying a car and then all of a sudden. Oh, you yeah. Get, you see it everywhere. You're like, well, like literally every other car is that yeah. car. So now I don't want that car. I don't want that. Or like you name your kid Jax and all of a sudden everybody's kid's name's Jax. Well, you know where you went wrong is you didn't name him Blitz. 
<laughs> Our blacks. No one's had that kid name. Right. All right. Well, we'll see y'all next time with the Home for Unwanted Girls. Oh, and you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Talking Literature Podcast and Twitter at Talk Literature. Or you can email us at talkingshitterture at gmail.com. Y'all have a good Christmas. Happy holidays. Yeah. Drink some spiked eggnog for me, please. Bye. Bye. All right. You want to share? Sure. 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 Sure.